Hello and welcome back to the Forget Me Not podcast. I am joined by the Paper Ladies. Hello. How's it going? Who are on, I think, for their second time as Paper Ladies. Yes. Uh, Third time all around. Yeah. 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 Uh, you guys just released an EP. We did. Did a couple weeks ago. How was Wells. I mean, yeah, so far so good from what we've heard. People seem to like it, which is good. Uh, our opinions are obviously pretty biased in that, so... <laughs> You guys, I'm assuming you guys think it's good as well. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Pretty decent. Gets the job done. You know. It's an EP. Well, meat and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> How was recording it? Because you guys uh, recorded it at the Tet Center, correct? Yeah, the uh, Isabel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty tedious. Um, not the Isabel part of it. Like, that was pretty smooth sailing. We kind of just spent three hours and um, just got the bed tracks down. So, like, guitar, bass, and drums. And then uh, everything else we did, we took it back to Newcourt at uh, St. Lawrence College. And then, um, yeah, just spent like a really long time like hashing out like layers on the tracks. Yeah. Yeah, so do you guys use the synth bass for the recordings or do you guys have the yeah. bass on? Yeah, we do. Yeah. We use the synth bass, yeah. Well, um, I don't know, should I spoil it for them? Yeah, you might as well. We just, we just finished recording our second EP like this morning. And there will be bass guitar on that. Nice. Very, very small debut. Very small debut. I've made my triumphant return to the four strings. Nice. So, to play, I think, seven notes. <laughs> It'll only de- be disappointing six. because we won't actually get to see you play. No. Which is like, I'm going to give you 50%. Yeah. I wanted to say 70, but I was like, that might sound high, like really, really dickish. Like, <laughs> Your actual playing's garbage, but your performance is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no, it's uh it's definitely like a missed thing. Uh you guys hold the stage well as a two piece mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Nice, man. But uh yeah, like you being mean, able to see yeah. you rock out, especially for bass players because they all just yeah. stand there. Yeah, you got the persona, Joe. Yeah. Bobbing your head. I haven't seen you do it since you had the like long hair though. yeah I cut my hair so it might not be as fun to watch it might look kind of weird just like <laughs> his head just bobbing around like, <laughs> like you lost it look like I lost it a little bit it's like a ravenous dog yeah um, no but thank you man I appreciate that you know it was really fun to do while I was in high school and stuff like that I've kind of mellowed out in my old age yeah and like, bad knees and bad everything. knees. They had a bad back. <laughs> the bad back thing. You're not even joking about. That's not even a joke. Yeah, I was at a physiotherapist today about that. Yeah. Where'd you go? <laughs> I'm I'm curious. Shout out I'm to Joe's physiotherapist. I'm probably gonna have to get physio on my shoulder for something. Okay. Uh, big shout out to Cassie Dion at Taylor Fitness for her help with my back today. <laughs> so, gave me some stretches. You know, Joe wasn't able to walk this morning. <laughs> He got up. Yeah. Went over. I'm all good to go, though. Yeah. What'd you do to injure it? General use. Yeah, it's general use. I think it was, uh, I think it was like I just moved into a new place, and that's what was probably like just lifting heavy stuff for for a bunch, and then like, I'm sure I just did something dumb while drinking, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm sure I saw like a, like a massive, like, just stone. I'm like, I can pick it up, and then try and just like threw my back out. <laughs> Like that one time you tried to dunk and then ripped your hand open. Oh my god, yeah, that was yeah. dumb. You thought you could dunk. You <laughs> tried it and then... I can dunk, I just, my footing was off. Like oh, a fall sure. 10 footer? Yeah. I can like touch the rim. Nice. 
I wish I could do that. <laughs> Not much else you could say about it. Yeah. No, I don't have a lot of skills, but touching the rim on a 10-foot net, that's one of them. Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> <laughs> Least impressive touching of the rim. <laughs> yeah. Like, saddest use of time. <laughs> like, there's oh, a there's a YouTube video of a dude, and it's just basically a time lapse of him eventually getting to t- touch the rim. But until that point, it's just like him missing for three minutes, just jumping and missing and jumping and missing over days. Oh, jeez, that's commitment right there. No, does he actually do, do like a full dunk in the end? Or I he think like... he does. I can't remember okay. if it's like a little ball or not, though. Because that would be really funny if it was just him like. Kind of just touching the bottom part of the rim. It's like I did the it. underside. He's like, "Look out, Shaq! I'm coming for you." Like at that point, though, to stop would be really weird because you're like, "I've clearly shown that there is progress, but I don't feel like getting anymore. Like I'm yeah, good. Like, I, I've made it. Yeah, <laughs> just does like the Vince Carter like slam dunk, like it's over sort of thing, and like walks away, retires. I think I'm imagining like, to be like something like that guy's like family and friends. Like, I made a new YouTube video. And they're like, we haven't seen you for two weeks. What's up? And it's just him trying to sort of dunk. Like, look, I kind of did it. It's like, oh, great. Oh, good. That's that's awesome. Uh, so do you have rent money? It's like, maybe. Oh, yeah. You, you've used all your sick days at work, man. Like, what happens if something actually comes up? Like. Uh, for a second, I, I thought you were actually asking me if I had rent money. I'm like, I hope so. It's almost the first of the month. Oh, jeez. I forgot about that. Now you got time. Right. You got like 20 days. I'll just repress it. Get quick rich scheme, that. my friend. Uh, yeah, I heard if you things. like try and hide money, eventually it just becomes more. Like, because you push it down and then the pressure builds up. Mm. So when you find it, it just explodes. Oh, just, just lots oozes more money. cash. Yep. Are you talking about physically hiding money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you yes. bury it Literally in the ground, multiplies. tectonic plate stuff happens, and yeah. then all of a sudden you're a billionaire. Yeah, that's basically how it works. I make all my money through betting. Like selling mattress sheets and stuff? Oh, close, <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I place bets on uh, elementary school soccer games with parents. You have, to, you have to pay out. So <laughs> John A. Public School, don't do me wrong. <laughs> you could probably make some pretty good money on that because some of those parents are really intense. Really competitive, yeah. It's like, your kid looks like shit. His team's probably going to lose. It's like, oh, really? My kid looks like fucking shit? <laughs> <laughs> 200 bucks on it. <laughs> Fine. I'll take that. I'll take those odds. Except for like, if it was my parents, they'd, you'd be like, hey, who do you got in the game? They'd be like, Frankly, my son's pretty shitty. I'll take you like fucking three, three to one odds. Put down twenty, <laughs> kind of like that. So, meanwhile, like beforehand, you were like offering candy, brought a kid close, like punched him in the kneecap real hard. <laughs> <laughs> kneecap, yeah. I mean, that's as, brutal, man. Yeah, as far as things that offering children candy is associated with, that's probably the best <laughs> possible option. But it's like, yeah. So why are you in jail? Well, like they tried to put pin me on pedophilia but it's really just assault and battery on a 12 year old like let's be honest okay sorry for the listeners at home none of this actually happened i'm a good man 
These are all hypothetical scenarios. Has this mic like slowly been falling this entire definitely, time? Definitely, definitely. Okay, has. I'm gonna fix this yeah. up. Sorry for the noise. It's no problem. Oh geez. We're super high quality here. Oh yeah. So are we are we holding some sort of record for most recurring guest right now? Um No. I think Doug probably has you guys beat. Mm-hmm. We've had Doug We're on. Coming for you, Doug. Does Doug like come and play synth whenever he does it? We actually only shit. had him play synth once because beforehand uh it didn't even occur to me like that he could just plug in and like do a live track and then we drop it in before mm-hmm. that i was like i don't know how to get doug on here to play music <laughs> so we just had doug on and i think it was by the third or fourth uh occurrence of him being on the podcast we we're like doug yeah, we've never had easy. you fucking play on here shout out to doug he's real good yeah i just uh, recorded like an hour and a half podcast with him yesterday nice, nice. I'll have to give her a listen yeah, I'll give her a listen Lance. and uh talked to uh the Brielle LeBlanc band a little bit. Oh, yeah. Told them that they should be called The Beautiful Disaster. Because they're trying to look for a name right now. Mm. And, uh... Isn't, like, that their EP name or something? Yeah, no. that's why I'm like, you guys already have a logo built by that. Mm. Like, True. I'm just kind of looking around your house, like, your basement right now for things to call it. You got a pony down here? Yeah. I guess ponies. Are we already open for a band name. Fuck that pony. Why is that? Because... It looks like a nice pony. I was in my sister's pony? room, and, like, I think I was reading her a story for bed or whatever, and, like, I just, I'm like, I'm gonna roll off the fucking bed, and the pony was right beside it, and I dropped down, and those ears are pointy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard plastic, and I just landed ass on the ears, and it hurt so oh, much. You're scared now at this point. Yeah, no, it just stares it's at staring me. at you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's you, you put it there as a reminder. It's like never roll off beds. You <laughs> you put your feet down first, and then you get up. You don't do no cool shit. No one's watching. Don't try to impress your little sister. <laughs> Check this out. Oh, cool. I think rolling off a bed, like in any circumstance, is pretty dangerous. You gotta watch yourself. Man. You're gonna hurt yourself one of these oh, days. Oh man, like I was like when I lived in my parents' house, I had a really high bed. Like, the bed frame was very high, and, like, my mattress is really big. So I tried to do, like, you know those, like, ninja jumps where, like, you, like, kind of roll back and kick your feet up? I did that and ended up, like, kicking, like, my, like, l- like the light fixture at, like, in my ceiling. <laughs> so I put a broken glass on my bed. Your parents probably had to do so many repairs to your house. Man, shout out to mom and dad. I've cost those two so much fucking money over the years. Probably oh. like 20 shout outs in this episode. There's already been three. <laughs> Let's see if we can do it. What's the? We were talking about Guinness World Records. What's the world record for shout outs in a podcast? I have no clue. Ooh, shout out to Guinness World it. Records for giving me something to always look up to, something to always look forward to. So, uh, you guys are coming up with a second podcast. Oh, no, not a second pod. Yeah, second podcast. Indeed. Yes, yeah, no, second EP. Yeah, uh, how many songs? D- two. That's what a French nice. immersion education will get you. Yeah. Did both of you French. take French immersion? I, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure you did, right? Yeah. Did, did you yeah. as well? Yeah. In, like, grade school, not in high school. Okay. I took, like, one core French class and was like, fuck that. So why is there no uh, French paper lady songs? Oh, yo, none of it stuck. <laughs> like, I took it for, like, 12 years, not, like... <clears throat> I can say, like, je ne parle pas français, which means I don't speak French. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> That's the extent of my knowledge there. And I feel bad. Like, I should have remembered more of it, but... 
the way she goes. I mean, at least the taxpayers' dollars are being spent well. Yeah. Well, you guys went to private school. No. Is it not? No, it's just a Catholic school. Oh, I thought they like. I thought it was like funded slightly differently. It's funded differently, but like we don't like we didn't personally pay to go there. Yeah, like we just got to go. But do do the taxpayers pay for you guys? I haven't done the research because I I think it's like the church. The church subsidizes it a little bit, and I think there's a bit of taxpayer money going in there. Um, catch point out that we had the worst playground of all time. It was yeah, no, concrete. Yeah, it was concrete. It was a parking lot. Yeah, before what intarnation? For you listeners at home, thinking we're going to some cushy private school, we we had like a concrete thing, and we had at one point like a slide that was pointed towards the wall of the school. So like a kid went down the slide and just smacked his head like right. Where's this? Is that? I don't know if I want to disparage the name of the school. Because <laughs> it's not Regi, right? It's not no. Regi. Okay, because I was really yeah. confused. I was like. Why do you, why did Reggie have a fucking slide? And why are you guys complaining about that? <laughs> it's like we didn't have a fucking good playground. Like, at KC we had smokers benches. <laughs> That's quite the playground. Yeah. That was nice. Well, Vanier has like uh like basketball hoops. I'm sure you could fuck around on those a little bit. Yeah, no, like those were there, but like it's either you have the the slight grass between the walkway and the school or like concrete and like this is great I'm so glad I have so many activities that I can do just do a bunch of push ups you know <laughs> kind of hang up that way Casey's quite the school man get prison buff <laughs> <laughs> it's a different type of buff yeah, yeah. It's, it's different <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I it bugged me so much that parents couldn't let Casey go at all they're like but I went here and it's old and shit. And I'm like, yes, it's old and shit. It's horrible. Keywords. It's cold as fucking balls in there. This is coming from the students of Casey. Yeah. Not yeah. the parents. <laughs> no, the parents were like there when it was still in relatively good shape. And they're like, yeah. I had so many good memories here. And I'm like, so? <laughs> she could take a walk through now. Wasn't some of the ceilings, like, they had huge water damage and stuff like that? There's also likely asbestos in it. Oh, jeez. And... Oh, I've heard stories of, like, the uh, the graduations there. Uh, in, like, the gym, it would get so hot, like, parents were fainting and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even go to my graduation, but that's all I heard was, like, it's... They're just... Everyone's sweating balls. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, but I've heard, like, stories of parents, like, just being, like, it, like carried out because they just, like, <laughs> like, lost consciousness. It's so hot. And then they get up and go and strike, and they're like, no, it's a good school. I <laughs> yeah, exactly. Built-in sauna. They had the hip there. <laughs> like, we can't tear it down. Like, the hip is good, guys. But, like, they have a street now. Like, we, there's there's no forgetting them. It's also, like, not tragically hip-high. <laughs> like, <it's> KCVI. <laughs> like, they should be fixing that shit up. Yeah, I've never met anyone who's, like... like I, I know people who liked going there, but I've never met anyone who's all, like... I liked my experience merely because of the facilities. Yeah, no, the facility isn't great. The, like, there's some good teachers and stuff. There, yeah, and I, know, I know a lot of people who like like there, and I had a lot of friends who went to KC like mm-hmm. while I was at high school, and they, you know, they were all like great people. So I can imagine there's a lot of cool people to hang out with there, but they they were just like, this place is such a fucking shithole. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, like to put it nicely, it's like it's like your first apartment sort of thing where it's like. <laughs> 
Maybe it's a shithole, but it has its perks. It's my shithole. It's my shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Meanwhile, your parents would come there and they'd be like, why are you living in this fucking place? And you're like, well, I can't afford anywhere else. And you kicked me out. <laughs> you so- <laughs> kicked me out, dad. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Uh, uh, so what are you guys' plans for the summer? You got a job leading tours at a museum in Kingston. Which should be really fun. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Is that through uh, the... Kingston Historical Society. But, like, is it through uh, Kingston Student Summer Jobs? I think I saw, when I was, like, going through them, there's a lot of, like, tour or history um, museum sort of based This stuff. specific one isn't. Um, I think that's working more with things like uh, St. Lawrence Parks. Mm-hmm. This one's just part of the Kingston Historical Society, so... They offer it mainly to Queen students, yeah. and I'm a history student at Queen's, so yeah, it was you know the offer came up, and I was like, mm, might as well see what that's like. So, I'll, I can, for any of you at home who are interested in learning about the joys of Murney Tower, I can take you through and uh, show you all that there is. Joe will also be offering historical reenactments of oh, sorts. Yeah, I think three different occasions over the summer. <laughs> Be sure to book those days off. Yes, indeed. Be wonderful. Like full garb? Oh, full garb. Fun. Yeah, oh yeah, should be. <laughs> we'll see. So, no, that should be good. And then we're, we, we're busy as, as all anything. Just, like, playing tons of shows in Kingston. Yeah, we just gotta, like, write some new songs. We too. do need some new songs. I think we're gonna songs, take the summer yeah. to get, like, at least, like, five new songs going. What's the current set list at? Probably have, like... 12, 12 yeah 12, 12 to choose from and then our sets are generally between 9 and 10 <clears throat> so and uh, most of those are originals yeah. or is that strictly the originals and then I think we'd have to tally it up again but it's yeah. probably that might just be the originals yeah, but we, I, don't, we don't play a few anymore like, yeah. we have them kind of just in the back just pocket, in case but. kind of thing mm-hmm. like, sometimes we show up to shows and like oh we need you for like, for two hours and we're like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> Like, been a band for, like, two years. I go, all righty, then. Here we go. And, like... See, I just... I don't like playing long sets because it's, like... I, myself, get bored if I'm playing, like, a two-hour set. And I, like, couldn't imagine how the audience feels having to listen to the same music for, like, two hours. Especially with our stage banter in between. Yeah. <laughs> it's either silence or just shitty nonsense. <laughs> yeah, or just, like, drunken garble. Like... Yep. It either makes... Like, it's either nothing or it's something that just makes no sense at all. <laughs> that we both find really funny. Yeah, we're both laughing the <laughs> hell at. Yep, that's usually how it is. So, you know, but, uh, yeah, so we're, we're trying to get some new stuff going so we can sort of supplement these sets a little bit. Um, which will be good because we've played a lot of shows in 2017 so far. Like, some weeks we're playing, like, two three sometimes even four times so it's getting not stale per se but it's becoming very familiar territory and we're trying to yeah. keep it keep it exciting you know what i mean so um that's kind of our big plan for the summer we have the we're going to try to get this next dpa within the next within the next month or two and then a well, month or so not two um and then just really try to work on getting some new stuff going yeah, so uh, do you guys have any 
intent to play some shows outside of Kingston as well? Yeah, tons. Um, we've started kind of dipping our toes in the uh, in the out of town waters. We we played in Hamilton. That maybe. was sweet. That was really cool. But My buddies in uh, Astrid, they're from the Netherlands. I think you you were at the Toucan show that they played at. Yeah, like really loud, kind of shoegazy kind of stuff. And they so good, very good, great dude. So we uh, we hopped in a, in a van with our sound guy Lucas and. Drove up to well, some guy and good friend, uh, Lucas, and drove up to Hamilton, and that was a really cool, like it was a cool venue, it was a cool vibe, it was great. Got to see the actual mixing console that um, Daniel Lamois used on Joshua Tree for you too. Pretty cool. Um, Just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, and then we played in Ottawa like a week ago with our buddies in Potential Red, which shout out to Potential Red, great. That's dudes. Uh, Matt Howell's band. Matt Howell's, yeah. Um, and they were really cool dudes. They were great, like, kind of post-punk shoegazy band, too. So we played at a place called Bar Robo in Ottawa, which was really cool. That place has such a small, um, what's it called? Like, just, like, cap or whatever. Like, there was, like, 40 people allowed in there, including the band members. Yeah. So there was, like, people outside waiting, and it was just kind of a bummer. And they couldn't get in. So, yeah. 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 So, but, like, we were trying to get out of Kingston a little bit because... Well, A, you know, you got to get your name out as far as you can. But B, it's sort of nice to play for people who... Because a lot of our audience at this point is just kind of friends. Yeah. And you do feel a little bit bad. We're like, hey, like, you've heard us play this song like a hundred times now. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. we, we it's nice to play... Like, there's a kind of an excitement to playing these same songs we've played a thousand times for people who have never heard them before. Yeah. Which I think is... Which is different, so... Because, like, I, I love playing shows especially when we get our friends and our you know to come out because it's just a, it's a good time right but at the same time it's really it's tough for me to and I think Thomas feels this way too it's tough for us to actually bring it up to people who we know have come to a thousand shows yeah. first play the same songs a thousand times it's just you kind of get in like a rut because if you're playing so many shows you don't really have any time to like have a band practice and um like work on new material you're kind of practicing on stage at some point yeah so it's kind of hard to get the new material out so yeah that's why we just want to kind of take the time this summer you know get a whole bunch of new songs and it's also always good to uh kind of disappear for a bit and then come back so everyone's not like hey they're doing another fucking show. <laughs> yeah, we're not good at that. Yeah. <laughs> we we like say yes to like way too many we're shows. We're just everything. Like if it comes at us, we're like, sure. Because yeah. it's, you know, I, and I think there's, you know, there's reason behind that. I think you have to be willing to play it as yeah. much as you can sort of thing. Well, because like there's merit to both. One is uh, you don't want to look or get tired. And the other is you need people to hear you, and there's always new people to hear you mm-hmm. if you take venues and go to places. So I think we had a really busy, like, winter, early spring, um, and I think... So right now we have a few things booked up. We're playing at a festival called The Wailing Wolf on Wolf Island on... 20th. The 20th, May 20th. We're playing at the Toucan with our buds in Oak Ridge Ave- Avenue or Oak Ridge Ave on uh, 27th, and then we have... Show with Musgrave Ritual on June 1st, and then uh, we're headlining the mansion, or not the mansion, the Toucan with uh, Potential Red on the 9th. So that's what we have booked right now. Um, but I think aside from that, we're just trying to just take a 
take a beat sort of thing. Which I think will be good for, for both, like, kind of yeah, creatively and health-wise. <laughs> now, do you guys uh, tend to just play other promotions shows? Or has there been many shows that you guys have put together yourself? Yeah, we haven't... Not with this band, really. We don't really... We haven't really had to put together any shows ourselves. Yeah, we're sort of at this point where... It's like we said, where we're, we've only been a band for about two years now. And we play the, the Kingston scene so frequently that, like, to headline a show isn't... Or to, like, put on our own show isn't super feasible all the time. Yeah. Because it's sort of this thing where it's like... If you're gonna, if you're gonna put on the, the show, like, the onus to bring people is on you, right? So to do that when we're always opening for other bands is sort of difficult um, just because it's like when and to no fault of anyone it, when you have so many options to come see a band play right the, the odds of the crowd being all spread out amongst those options is pretty as opposed to concentrated into like one sort yeah. of thing so you know it's a difficult line to walk but it's the one we're walking so but we're, uh, I think our first kind of real headline show is the ninth at the, at the Toucan, which will be fun because we like playing there a lot. It's going to be sweet. Love Potential Red. They're real good. And handsome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, what would you say is your actual uh, favorite location to play in Kingston? Oh, man. I really like the Toucan. It's like choosing between your favorite kids. It's really tiny. Actually, like after playing the Ale House, it's a sweet place to play when there's like a good crowd there. Um, but I could see like if there's nobody there, you're gonna be it's so empty. So yeah, it'd be pretty um, depressing. But I liked playing the Grad Club that time we played there. That was pretty neat. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Toucan Grad Club. Like every venue has its merit, right? Like there's no way you know there's no place we'd actively say we, we'll never play sort of thing. I think every place has got it married, but like, the downtown core is pretty pretty good, right? Like, the grad club was really cool because it's sort of got that two can vibe where like it's a smaller area, so like there there will be less people, but it's pretty like it seems a lot busier. And then when it that happens, you play better and stuff like that. Um, the two can, but we've played there so many times that like we just they treat us well and we love playing there, so. Yeah, so it's tough to choose, but yeah, Toucan's definitely a mainstay for us. Mm-hmm. It's great not having cover at the Toucan as well. Yeah. That's one thing that I feel horrible about is charging like money for people to come see us. Like, and they've probably seen us like 10, 15 times already, so it's like I feel like I owe it to them yeah. to not have to pay, you know? Co- so. Yeah, cover's definitely a, a tough thing these days. It's yeah. like- Especially when, like... You're, you you play so much and you're trying to get your friends to show up and it's like yeah no it's another ten dollar cover or another yeah, ten dollar cover and there's that and it's just like I feel I feel bad asking my friends to pay to see me do something that I have fun doing yeah that's that's why we don't do ticket shows anymore yeah like we used to do those like in high school and stuff but got to a point where it's like also like you know like we're twenty year old renters too like we. Like we get it. Like mm-hmm. ten bucks to shell out like <coughs> before you even buy a drink is like, you know, it it's it's not necessarily super steep, but it's daunting, right? Like the thought of it, it's like why why do that if I don't 
if I, if I don't have to sort of thing, right? Yeah. So like we don't, you know, we get it. So that's that's sort of that's that's a good advantage to the two cans. We don't have to worry about that, which is good. There's also a I completely blanked. Nice. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love that moment when you're like, "Yeah, I got this question." It's Zip. like it's gone. It's gone. So uh yeah, what uh what music are you guys listening to right now cuz I just found out or heard Mew for the first time and I'm digging their sound. Mew. I saw yeah. a band last night at uh at the Ale House called Everett Bird and I think it's just the that's the guy's name. Um he's the keyboard player or the guy that's filling in on keys or I don't know what his situation is but he played for Colorado. I think he's like a sessions musician but they've been getting his band to open for every show and they're so good. It's like somewhere between like like a sort of psychedelic um Mac DeMarco-esque thing with like a weird math rock tinge to it. It's pretty cool. I like that stuff. Listen to a lot of like Wilco right now. Uh, this band called Whitney from like Portland I really like. That's kind of my thing right now. Also the new Kendrick Lamar album. K- new Kendrick is fucking killer. It can't is. get it. Can't get enough of it. It's very very good. Like especially the fact they got like a U two feature on that is. Insane. That's Which song? one is the YouTube feature? Uh, XXX. That song trips yeah. me out because it's like two separate songs in one. Because it's like you have that first song, which is kind of this like aggressive, chill, like, yeah, yeah. and then it goes into that super chill YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Weird. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I dig it though. But yeah, no, it's that, that's a really cool album. Same with Mac Demarco's new album is really neat. I like that one a lot. Um, I think he's exploring some new stuff, which is cool. What other stuff am I listening to right now? What were you playing in the car on the way here? Oh, that was Wilco. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, that was Beirut. Yeah, Beirut's pretty good, too. They're kind of a cool, like, San Francisco, like, horny kind of band. Not horny. Like, oh. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out how, like, a horny band would sound. I'm like, is there, like, moaning? Or is there a lot of, a lot of petting going uh, it's on? Just altogether uncomfortable music. Yeah, it's just kind of... <laughs> No, they they have like kind of a really cool horn section, and I think it's really cool. So, yeah, I played euphonium in high school. For those of you who didn't know, so he's pretty proud of that too. I'm really good at it. <laughs> We're gonna put it on the next record. So, do you guys get uh, to go see a lot of other bands' shows uh, when you're not playing? Like, do you try and? We try our best. But um, I, I guess, like, it also probably isn't as necessary because usually you guys are playing with another band. Mm-hmm. So, like... I mean, we try to get out as much as we can to see bands play. I like to go see our buddy Jonas play. Yeah, he's real talented. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're not a band anymore, but uh, there's a band called Glasgow Kisses that I like to go... I loved going to see. You know, like, if people are playing and we're around, we have, you know no issue going out because we we're also a band but also you know we like to see music we like to watch kind of cool band I'm a big fan of a, if, if I say good cover band I'm I'm having a great time do you know what I mean now emphasis being on like good like if you're just gonna like shit your way through a couple killers song <laughs> we're, we're gonna have a bit of an issue but uh, we have some bad past experience with that oh man but like no and like we like to see and like uh, we play with a band called Georgia Straits fairly frequently so if they're playing, I have to go see them play, and then uh, 
we open for the band Casador a bunch, and so if they're around, try to. They tri- just got hacked. They did, yeah, yeah. I saw That's that. A bummer. <laughs> That's a real bummer. Yeah, so everyone go like and share Casador's page right now because they're good guys. Um, so, do you know anything about that? Like, I like quickly scammed, and it sounded like someone just like hacked in was trying to potentially funnel likes or do something weird you know i'm not a tech guy i don't know or maybe like they might have changed the page or something so yeah something happened where like anyways it was a tough break for those guys but yeah so but if if we have friends playing around i we definitely try to get out seem as much as possible right just if only just to hang out with them right yeah because sometimes when you're always busy it's tough to to catch people if they're in town for a weekend sort of thing like that. How was uh, doing the Battle of the Bands and like the process of getting into it as well? Uh, that was, so that was for the Juvenus Festival, yeah. which is run by uh, a good friend of ours, and he was a, a, an old bandmate of mine named Reed Cunningham. Played so, football with him. Like football or like football? Uh, the former. Like American football? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Do you play American football? Yeah. What did you play? In high school. Yeah, what did you play? What position? Uh, I was linebacker, like, with air quotes, first year. I didn't get to fucking play at all. That's horseshit. And then second year, uh, I played lineman. I was O-line. Really? You were O-line? I was 150 pounds, 5'8", Playing O-line. O-line. Wow. And I was fucking pancaking kids. Yeah. (laughs) I played played for a couple years. I was... uh, I was listed as a defensive tackle. Yeah. But I was kind of just a glorified water boy. <laughs> and then I stopped playing. Yeah, the first year didn't have like a good experience. I just like worked real hard and then got to be O lineman for every game the next year and Reed, uh, who was an L C student. Yeah. Because their their program was so small and they non-existent. They're just like, you get Reed. What I'm pretty play? sure he's like the only person that came over. I Probably think played he, running back or something. No, I think he was either a wide receiver or defensive back. Oh, okay. Well, he's got this like sh- like strong like legs. He's probably just plowing through people. Well, he was way like smaller. Yeah. Too, because that would have been grade ten. Oh, true. Right. 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 Yeah, because when I played, I was like 5'6 and like 205. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, I just like run into kids and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Can't do. But like sports like football, and I played rugby for a bit too, where you're not like actually playing in games are so exhausting because you just go to practice for like three hours yeah. a day to get laid on your ass. And then like, you're like, okay, go sit on the sidelines while it rains and it's cold. And you're like, Good thing I probably have a concussion. Like you kind of so. Um, football aside, Reed Cunningham is a good friend of ours, and he actually runs the Juvenus Festival. So I got. We were at a party together one time, and he said, "Hey man, do you want to play Battle of the Bands?" I'm like, "Oh, like, obviously, yeah, sure." And then he sent us uh, kind of some more details. He said, "Like, listen, man, like, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's a lot of cool, like." And like I said, like, I like seeing new bands. I like seeing high school bands. There are a couple there that made me feel a little bad about myself because they're so good. Um, banters the banters were really are fucking, fucking great. And, and yeah. I, I didn't know that they were still in high school. Yeah. I they were. 
That's out just, of high school. There's they yeah. It's like fun. you remember being in high school, but like, we were not that good. Yeah, we like, were trash. <laughs> they had, like they had this like really cool like pop sensibility that I wish I had in high school. I was too like focused on being different. I was too angsty. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so so we just kind of got in on that, and and uh, I'm a big. I like the Juvenus Festival a lot. I like what what it does and what its mission is in town. So we hopped in on that, and it was you know it's kind of cool. Just a nice. We don't get to play at the Ale House all that often. So. Yeah. Did you guys uh, play in last year's Battle of the Bands? No, the- no, we weren't really playing shows this time last year. We had just sort of started. Yeah. Um, we were nervous about kind of being like hitting the, hitting the ground too early, and then being kind of a foot behind sort of thing. Yeah, like because I think playing live is definitely key for bands, but I also think that I think Thomas shares in my thought process where you have to be you have to establish yourself as a band and not just people who are playing songs together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have, especially nowadays, you really need to be coming out fully formed mm-hmm. uh, if you want to be. And not that you have to be like, perfect, but you have no, to No, you just have to be yeah. like, we are a band. Like we have a name. We have songs that have names as well. And like it, like an identity or at least some form of identity. Yeah. And it's, and that's the, there's that thing, right? Where like when you, sometimes you go to a band you see, or a bar and you see these bands on stage. Which to, like to no discredit to them, but they're they're you know they're just doing it to have some fun, right? Get, yeah. You know, get a couple free beers for the night. So if you're really gonna go out, you have to be, you know, you have to be ready to go, right? You have to have a like a marketable product sort of thing. So yeah, we took some time off. So no, but it was kind of a cool like we didn't play last year, but we were pleasantly surprised by it. It was kind of cool and it was, you know, it was great to see some other bands play and stuff like that. Like you said, your buddy Doug was playing. Yes, yeah. Doug was, uh, I was super excited for Barrel LeBlanc Band just because I was really curious how Doug was going to mesh with this sound that I had no idea about. Yeah. Were they already a band, like, before Doug joined? Uh, basically, from my understanding, is Brielle worked with, uh, Chris Costa or Chris DaCosta? Chris Costa. Chris Coster? Costa, yeah, okay. Uh, with him, and he basically made a band, uh, made an album with her. Okay. She sung on it. And then she decided she wanted to actually be able to play live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she went to a thing called Rock Academy, which I don't know if you guys have that heard like, about it. Is that something to do with Renaissance music? Or it might be. That yeah, I, yeah. That kind of rings a bell for sure. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, she had met a drummer and guitarist there back when she was younger. Yeah. Uh, which would have been like, I guess maybe five, six years ago. Sure. Yeah. Like when you're 12, 13 ish. Yeah. So she contacted them cause those were the first people, uh, she thought of. And then she messaged Doug, but actually no, she friend requested Doug at first and Doug was like, who this? Yeah. New, new phone, who this? <laughs> He's like, I think, I don't know if this is a real person or not. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, do I know you? He's expecting it to be some sort of Fisher or whatever. And then eventually, like, it was Brielle. But he was saying that he wasn't even sure if he would have... 
he was saying that he probably wouldn't have joined as quickly had he known her actual age because it said on Facebook that she was like two years older. Yeah. Uh, but instead, she yeah, was like, she's so young and looks like she's like 25. Yeah, like crazy, man. <laughs> how old is she? Like 18? Yeah, Something like, like yeah. recently 18. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she was like 17 when Doug joined, mm-hmm. and he he was like, I probably would have like still joined, but might have taken like a meeting with her first before joining and then having a meeting with her, mm-hmm. be- yeah. just because like. You you want to make sure that this person's like being serious, serious. Yeah, yeah, you're not wasting your time, and that makes sense. So, yeah, like he got uh, brought in on keyboards, and then his buddy Sean, I believe, who's on bass, uh, was just filling in, and oh, then yeah. eventually has committed. So yeah, it, so. it sort of like slowly came together, oh, cool. and now they are trying to. Like kind of sort themselves out from the sounds of it, yeah. And yeah, like I was pleasantly surprised with like what they were and his implementation into it because listening to him as games collide or just like Doug O'Hanley as a pianist mm-hmm. is is way different than the sound. Mm. Yeah, I like how he caters himself to like what the music needs. Like mm-hmm. he's not showing off by any means. Like he plays what the song, he serves the song, you know. Yeah, he was saying he was like they told me to learn the album, so I went in and I learned the album and now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and here we find ourselves. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that's how it should be. Yeah. Know? That's awesome. Yeah, he's uh he's playing a show tonight though as uh, games collide. Oh yeah. And uh with Ghost in the Wind, I believe, was the other band, and Trash McCann, and I think it's like a synthy sort of night. Nice. Yeah. Whereabouts? Uh, mansion. Hi. Yeah. Ghost uh, in the Wind is a dope band name. Yeah. That's a yeah. really cool band name. Reminds me of Ghost in the Shell. So, yeah. Yeah. It's got this, like, so I'm expecting some, like, electronica sort of. <laughs> Cuts the shot yeah. of, like Cody with a lampshade on his head, tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> like where did he go? Just got the fucking. I don't know what these are. We're on a podcast, Cody. Yeah. They can't see. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys could see though. That's fine. Uh, He's doing a fun little like shovel digging dance move. No, it's when um, you put take the uh, two uh, glow sticks and you put them in your hand and then you just do the figure eight. Do like the Darth Maul thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just flipping it all around. That's awesome. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, so I check that out. That sounds cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Darth Cody over here. Your time has come, Qui Gon Jin. Like, drop that duel of the fates base. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, But yeah, uh, that reminds me of you guys were in live in Kingston. Which I yes. only recently found out about because I went to the film panel uh, that was being hosted through uh, the Javanis Festival, mm-hmm. and the director of that uh, was there, and I happened to have met him before because he came to Studio LC when I was in that focus program and like chatted about film and whatnot mm-hmm. and like cool stuff like that. So it was interesting to find out that he had made a feature and that uh, it was like this. 13 bands I believe it was strung together Something by actors like that, yeah. Did you, have you guys seen it? no we uh, it played two nights at the Kingston Canadian Film Festival and we were playing one, no it premiered two days at the Kingston, K- 
Canadian Film Festival one night, one day. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, we were playing the first night it premiered, and then we both had to work the next day when it was playing. But it is playing again at the Skeleton Park. Yeah, Park like twenty third or something. Twenty third. Like so I'll probably pop out and see it then. I would really, I'd really like to see it myself because it sounds interesting and i didn't know that you guys were playing mm-hmm. in it so when yeah. i was talking to him like and i talked to him for maybe like a good 10 15 minutes about it and uh he had brought up a couple other bands and i thought about asking about you guys mm-hmm. but I'd, i didn't end up asking about you guys and then when i heard from one of the judges that you guys were i was like whoa <laughs> also like what the fuck thomas never mentioned shit <laughs> Sorry, yeah. man. I've been like relatively chatting with you throughout uh, being away. Put him on blast. <laughs> yeah, man, I can't like remember shit. That's my defense. I have yeah. a horrible memory. That's w- very true. <laughs> <laughs> I forget my own lyrics when I'm singing them. Yeah, it's great. You just have to do like that mumble. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, no, the amount of times I do that. The paper lady's <laughs> Easter egg is like. Just uh, if you ever can entirely catch Thomas repeating the first verse during the second verse, word yeah. for word, yeah. just raise your hand. We'll get you a beer at some point. <laughs> uh, happens far too frequently. That's fun. We have fun. <laughs> we have a good time. How yeah. was uh, doing that? Live in Kingston? Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was a ton of fun. Like it was. We were just playing the grad club that night, so we yeah. just kind of came and filmed it there. The um, director Jay is really nice. Yeah, Just an all-around great dude. He's a cool guy. And then um, we had our acting debut, acting, which is great. Just us <laughs> acting like idiots. We were like interviewed under a streetlight while it was raining. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of sitting there, being all like, I didn't look great before, and now I'm wet. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, but no, it was it was kind of fun. It was kind of neat too. Just like. It was funny because we had to play the same song twice, like once at the beginning you know, of the set, set yeah. and yeah. once at the end. And when we played it the second time, we are just like, so we're going to play the same song as we opened with. I don't think don't we Don't worry about why. it. Yeah, we were just like, we're like, <laughs> just don't ask questions. We're like, we were just kind of like, who liked that first song? And we got like a lukewarm applause. And we're like, so one well, guy's like, girl. We're like, well, get locked and loaded, lads. And then just like went back into it too. <laughs> Um, which was kind of awkward, but I was like, whatever. Like, it was kind of fun. And I just find this shit hilarious, man. I'd love to see a band just do a whole set of one song just, like, seven times over. Yeah. I've seen Those bands the cover the same song, like, twice in a set. <laughs> see, some people would dig that, though, because when I was in uh, up for, for school, my roommate, she would listen to the same song all fucking day. Oh, that's horrible, and man. The worst part about it is you'd be down in the common area in, like, the kitchen and shit, trying to do some homework or whatever, and all you hear is, like, some Garth Brooks or some other Garth fucking... Brooks. <laughs> wow. Were you living with Sam Elliott? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, but, yeah, she just play the same fucking thing on repeat over and over again, and then eventually... There'd be other people in the common area, and you'd be like, "Yeah, man, don't you fucking love it when the same fucking song plays all <laughs> all night?" Uh, that's awesome. So uh, I might have told this story already on this podcast because it's a pretty funny story. But we saw Kendrick Lamar two years, two summers ago, like when he was on the uh, "To Pimp a Butterfly," like when he's touring that album. Yeah. And so I'm up in the crowd with with our buddy Matt Howells, right? And 
throughout the whole song, this one guy really wants to hear King Kunta. And he's just shouting. He's like, I got a bone to pick. I got a bone. And he's just shouting, I got a bone to pick. And then, you know, and now obviously Kendrick Lamar has other songs to play than <laughs> King Kunta. Um, and so then, anyways, so eventually he plays it, right? And like this guy's losing his mind. Like, he's like having a great time. It's the best day of his life, right? And then song ends. I shit you not, five seconds later, I just hear this guy in my ear scream, I got a bone to pick again. <laughs> and then for like the rest of the set was just like, I got a bone to pick. That was riled. And I'm like, man, either this guy actually has a bone to pick or he doesn't know how like concerts work. Like it's one of the two. It was so, such a strange thing. Like, and then like a couple weeks later, we went to see Lost Cousins play. Oh my play. god, the worst and this, like, thing in my this life. This ruined our night because we went to see Lost Cousins play at the Underground, and um, me and Joe just being fucking idiots, we're just being like, "I got a bone to pick," like that guy. They're making fun of him, and then they played it. They played, <laughs> they played it, and I was like, really, like I had, you know, I'd had a couple at the time, and like it just was too much. Joe was my, on the floor. He was like, too much for my mind. I was like, oh, 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 what? Like it was kind of like you know when like just for a split second you believe in something more <laughs> like it was kind of that like it was a coincidence that was too much for me how was uh the cover though very oh, good pretty good, yeah, pretty yeah. good i didn't expect it man like for four white boys they killed it it was good <laughs> four white boys <laughs> I, i'm like i don't know if that was racist or not <laughs> I, I don't uh, think so i wouldn't I mean, say like, so why why does it matter Tomorrow's they're, they're race. <laughs> they're race for. Oh uh, uh, man, tomorrow's headline is gonna cheer us up. Yeah. Like, what's tomorrow's headline? Paper lady singer Thomas oh. Graper is a vehement <laughs> racist. <laughs> yep, that's what I'm going for. That's exactly what you go for. No, I'm like, just gonna clarify, it's not what I'm going for, everybody. It's <laughs> like, as it were, yeah, we're like also setting a, like a Guinness World Records for clarifications within a podcast <laughs> where jokes go a little too far. We're like, oh shit. <laughs> Like I swear to God, that I'm I'm not a bad person, you know. I just say and do <laughs> bad things, but I don't mean them. I just I, I do them in jest. Yeah, you know, it's a joke. <laughs> are you are you guys not in on the joke? <laughs> so to summarize, <laughs> Lost Cousins did a very good cover of King Gunta. Thomas is not a racist. <laughs> oh my goodness. Sometimes jokes can go too far. <laughs> All right. Glad have you guys seen um, Three Mics? I just watched Oh, yeah. Time. Neil Brennan's thing? Yeah. That's great. It was really fun. That's cool. Really good. Yeah. I like whenever he did the emotional stuff throughout the night, my like I just started feeling it more and more in my gut because the way he changes the tone is phenomenal. Like you can just. Yeah. feel it completely the first thing that leaves his mouth during that emotional thing is some of the effects like my father was like, was like an alcoholic or something yeah. like that like to that extent and you're like I remember watching this, and a friend of mine had, had suggested it to me because he knows I love stand up and stuff like that and he says watch this he said it's very different because it's stand up it's one liners but it's also like the deep emotional stuff behind most stand ups yeah and I was expecting like I was bullied as a kid because like every comedian was at some point, right? That's why you're a comic, right? But then he just kind of hits you with that. You're like, oh my God. Like it was, it was something else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he understood where, like where he was and what was happening with him. But like, yeah. he also knew that he was basically completely unable 
to do a lot about it. Like he would work on it, but like that feeling would just yeah. stay there. So basically, I'm assuming you haven't seen it, Thomas. No, I haven't. Okay, so he's the guy who works with Dave Chappelle a lot, or used mm-hmm. to work with Dave Chappelle, and then, he directed like, all of Chappelle. Show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and after the Chappelle show left, he decided to start doing stand up. And that was basically for him restarting. Mm-hmm. And in this uh, show, he has three mics on stage. And the first one is one-liners. The second mic, which he does third, is uh, emotional stuff. And then the other one is just straight stand-up. So, mm-hmm. like, doing bits. And he'll go to one mic. It'll be... There's blue, purple, and red. And they'll change colors depending on it, uh, which mic he's at. And after he finishes that, a mic, it goes black. Mm-hmm. And it's- it starts up at the other mic again. And, like, he doesn't refer to the other what's happening. All. He just does. He just does it. Oh, yeah. that's, uh, it's really cool. That's oh, really, really, really So cool. then he starts doing the emotional stuff and just, <coughs> just wrecks you. Cause oh, jeez. It's also funny, like, in the way he tells it. He tells it, yeah. He tells yeah. it like, with jokes kind of thrown in sort of thing. But, but like, the the matter itself is just, like... yeah absolutely heart-wrenching and it's it's really well done the way it is i think i think i was a fan of neil brennan's before i watched that but now i'm like a big neil brennan fan i've never seen or like i didn't even know about him until yesterday when i was talking to doug as we were talking about the dave Chappelle. yeah the uh, new specials there which i really really fucking liked i've watched those like like 15 times i love watch the neil brennan one uh, because he he felt it was better than the, the, the Dave Chappelle ones. Well, the, the Chappelle ones were very cl- like they were yeah. great and they were hilarious, but they're very clear. Chappelle being like, "I am back," and there's a reason I'm back, sort of thing yeah. like that. Because Chappelle does a really great job of towing the gray area of comedy, mm-hmm. like the area where you're saying like, "Should I laugh at this?" Um, I'm not going to repeat any of his jokes because you know. But uh, there, there are a couple, you know, the ones I'm talking about where you're like, is this funny? Yeah. But like, because you laughed at it, but then like, you're like, should I have laughed at that? Like, it's sort of like that. So he does a really good job of towing that gray area. Because the thing about stand up that people don't totally get sometimes is that you can't take a line of it out of context or else it yeah. doesn't make sense. They're always part of a bigger story. So, and, but they're, they, they had a clear air of, like, I'm back, guys. Um, but yeah, the, the Neil Brennan one was very, like, it was him saying like, here's what I do and here's who I am and here's, and here's why comedy matters. I think, because it gives, because there's a lot of comedians that bad things happen, have mm-hmm. happened to them, and they kind of deal with it through humor, which is kind of a shame that the funniest people have like the toughest goes at stuff, sort of thing like that. So, like, uh, Mike Birbiglia's oh, last. God. Yeah. I think it's the the God one. Yeah, uh, thank God for jokes. Yeah, I love that. He was exploring like what makes a joke and like yeah, what makes it okay. Also, I loved his David O. Russell. Bit. Oh my God, that was so funny. <laughs> so you know David O. Russell, the director? No. Uh, all right, so he directed like The Fighter and some oh, okay, playbook yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. So there's a what movie was he working on? I can't remember. Anyways, but the there's a movie where him and like. He like there's a video surfaced of him going over to Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. and just like just screaming at her for seemingly <laughs> no reason. Yeah, I put my blood, sweat, and fucking tears on this shit, and you're trying to fuck it up, you stupid piece. Of, like he's like yelling he also, at Kate. He drops the c word like like two yeah, or three times like in it. at least two or three times. Um, so 
there was like the I don't know what it was. It was like like the Spirit Film Independent Awards or whatever whatever it was. Um, but Mike Birbiglia is hosting this thing, and he's supposed to give David Russell this Lifetime Achievement Award, right? Mm-hmm. So what he does is he goes like, you know, like as as like this one great director yeah. has said, and like quotes a really great director. Like a, it's like yeah. Roger Ebert or something like that. It's like, you know, a, a shot can make a movie, and a moment can make a lifetime. Or as our esteemed guest David O. Russell and then quoted the outburst <laughs> word for word in a very calm like it's like how dare you you piece of shit I put so much fucking work into getting this fucking film off the ground and you're here to fuck it right and then That's like amazing. yeah and then like because like David O. Russell is a terrible human being he like stormed out of the award show he's really? like give your award to somebody oh it's hilarious. <laughs> Have you seen uh, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll host the IFC Film Independent Spirit Awards? No. no. So at the like they they do this great monologue about stuff, right? And then at the very end, they're like, "We are very honored to be here," and I think the best way to describe this is as the great Werner Herzog once said, "The universe is incredibly different to the existence of man," and it's things. <laughs> And it's like a series of quotes that have nothing to do with anything. It's like, or as like David Lynch said, I like oil paint. I like acrylic paint a little bit. I like the smell <laughs> of turpentine. And I also like house paint. And it's stuff like that. It's like, I believe, I think, I, I think it was uh, Vincent Gowell was the last one they quoted, which is like, I don't trust or love anyone because people are so creepy. Creepy, <laughs> creepy creeps. Creeping here, creeping there, creeping everywhere. And that's how they end their monologue to, like, host this award show. Uh, do you know who Ross Marquand is? Or Marquand? Uh Why would I know him if I did? He's a stand-up slash impressionist. No, impressionist. No, no. Uh, which I only realized, like, was this the same as this other person uh, on The Walking Dead. Uh, if either of you seen it. I don't watch okay. that. So, which he plays person? He plays Aaron. Uh, he's uh, the guy who first brought them into Alexandria. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Should we picture him? Uh, yeah. So he's actually an impressionist and a really fucking good impressionist. Uh, and I had seen him a while back uh, do these micro-impressions. And they're spot Oh, on. yeah. So I was like... Scrolling through Reddit and I, or I might have been just straight on YouTube and someone was like, oh, check out these like impressions. And I clicked it and then it like clicked. I was like, what the fuck? He's Aaron. And it was the weirdest experience because he's, he's like, he's just a really relatively forgettable character. I think I saw that actually. Uh, was it like actors in like different roles? Uh, I was like, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure. Someone was it on Kimmel or was it for like uh, what Vanity Fair? He does have Kimmel. Uh, the Vanity Fair one is the micro impressions. The one that I saw the other day, I can't remember who did it, but basically he was just doing different actors in a different roles. So John Malkovich as Kate Blanchett in Titanic. It's Kate. Blan- no, it's not Kate Blanchett. It's a uh, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Thank you. Uh, so he's like. You will draw me like one of your French girls, and it's this very serious John Malkovich voice. And John Malkovich is weird, though. <laughs> you will draw me like one of your French girls. Yeah, like it's he sounds like a way like a computer talks. Like <laughs> it's really weird. Like Malkovich is cool, but like man, is he weird? And he does uh, fashion. 
like fashion shows. Like he's a Malkovich. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a designer of some sort. Him and like there's like a variety of these like middle aged like to old actors that like like nothing you hear about them will surprise you. <laughs> like if you told me that like Jeff Goldblum had a silver medal from the Barcelona Olympics in pole vault, like I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, that no, checks I, out. I, like, I could. Do you I know what I mean? That. Like, he's that series of like, like somebody told me Antonio Banderas went to fashion school for the purpose of bringing capes back into modern fashion, and I like, I was like, yeah, <laughs> why not? Right. Well, do you know uh, Leave Schreiber? Yeah, he was like a dancer. Like he went, he went to school to dance. Oh, really? Yeah. That's uh, weird. I could not imagine Morgan, that. Morgan Freeman too. Yeah, Eric Andre went to Berkeley. <laughs> Like the school of music, like <laughs> yeah, he for the upright bass. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like he's like went to like one of the top music schools in all of North America to play upright bass, and his whole show is just like really like morose comedy. Like yeah, it's it's very strange when you find out these celebrities have done other like all the stuff that they've like, done. Um, right? Offsprings. Frontman just got a PhD in molecular biology. Yeah, Jack has a PhD. <laughs> in what? Business. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can. I can believe. He's that. in the NBA Hall of Fame as Doctor Shaquille O'Neal. That's fucked. <laughs> this like this guy is the same guy who showed up to a game driving an eighteen wheeler, being like, "I am the Diesel," and you're like, "Oh my goodness." <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, it's been. Fun having you on. Thanks, man. Thanks uh, for having us. Any shows? Actually, I don't. I don't know when this is going to be up, but yeah, you kind of already We're mentioned with the shows them. too. If you've forgotten already, just rewind to the twenty-three minute and thirty-two second mark, where I will be going through them all. I hope and, you counted the minutes. <laughs> uh, so you guys are on Facebook and Bandcamp. Yeah, Bank Camp's where you can grab the EP. Yeah, we're going to be putting out... We have cassettes and CDs if you come to live shows. And then uh, SoundCloud, do you guys have? No. We should get on that, though. Yeah, and then, yeah, so, yeah, check out our EP we have out now. Um, Coming out with a new one in probably a couple weeks. Yeah. Cool. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. And as always, you can like, subscribe, and follow on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, and I guess Facebook. So, thanks. God bless.